Hello there, I'm Mystic. Welcome to my new podcast where I have a new conversation with a guest every single day. And they all have some pretty passionate things to say about the state of the world. So join us today, subscribe, like, and share wherever you listen to us and tell us your opinions. We may have you on the show. Oh, and remember, always have fun. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast. This is Mystic, and today I am so excited to present a dear friend. His name is John Guggenheim. He is the director of Common Grounds in America, and he goes by the name Googie. Thank you so much for stopping by, Googie. It's a pleasure to be here, Zandra. I am so happy to be chatting with you, and Congratulations on your film. Well, it's been a big project, and I appreciate you saying that. Three years. Uh, I am not a filmmaker in real life. I'm a recording engineer, so I, I've been calling myself an angry man with an iPhone. But uh, the film, <laughs> the film did have have its first showing before all the coronavirus stuff hit in February in a small town in Utah. And afterwards, a pretty famous actor came up to me and said, you're a documentarian now. So I must have done something right. That's awesome. Congratulations. And how, how did you get your film in Utah? Share, share that with, with us. Sure. The film is about pu- uh, public lands and how, at least in my mind, that seems to be the one element in America that people of both conservative and liberal values can really relate to and coalesce around. Um, it was a really long journey to go, th- go through the experience of making that film and come into that conclusion. But there's two areas in particular that the movie focuses on called the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument and Bears Ears National Monument, both which were as far as I'm concerned, illegally shrunk by the current administration drastically, uh, Bears Ears by 80%, Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument by half. So that only happened um, in the last three years? Yes, this happened in December of 2017 is when it happened, and it's been in, in court ever since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I got to show the film in Utah is that where is where a lot of my interview subjects were from, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a huge organization that supports the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument called the Grand Staircase Escalante Partners, and they were very helpful in getting me interview subjects, and they have a lot at stake in this documentary, and they were very excited to have it presented. So they uh, helped me organize a showing in this small town, Escalante, Utah. Mm -hmm. Go go check it out on a map. Um, It's a beautiful town on the outskirts of this national monument. And uh, they arranged for me to have a showing there. Brought a projector and I just brought the film in on a flash drive. That's fabulous. And and please explain to the audience um, that is listening right now, what do you mean by a by public land? Sure. So our country has a bunch of land that we share and own jointly. 
Um, and this land is as American taxpayers, correct? Absolutely. If you're an American citizen, mm-hmm. there are actually, I, I did the calculations. There's 660 million acres of public lands, which means when you're born, cause there's 330 million of us, there's about, you own two acres of land if you were to divide it all up. So, I so would, each American yeah. owns about two acres. Wow. That's impressive. Right. And I always, when I interviewed a congressman, Congressman Raul Grijalva of Arizona, who he's the head of the committee right now that's in charge of our public lands in Congress, he said, you don't know this, but you own a little piece of the Grand Canyon. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's fabulous. So I kind of want my whole two acres to be there. (laughs) I think every American right now amidst this global pandemic absolutely would appreciate the two acres of land. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of neat stuff that's done with this land. So some of it is leased for mining and oil leases and natural gas um, the military obviously has some. Some of the land is a little bit controversial. Our government actually owns the Indian reservations. Um, but how do they own the, the Native American reservations? That doesn't doesn't make any sense. You just finished telling a, a me and a viewer and a, the listeners mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, we own two acres. So how could the government? own own the Native well, American reservation. Well, the government is us. So um, that's kind of how you want to look at your public lands. But there I see th- these are lands that the government manages for all of us. So it can be the Grand Canyon can be a military base, a reservation, a national forest, uh like grazing lands is a mm-hmm. bit out west. And so the government has two responsibilities, basically. It's to preserve these lands for future generations and also to monetize them uh, on behalf of all citizens. So unfortunately, at this period of time, at least... M- Personally, I don't think our government's doing a good job of that. Well, I'm a little confused now. Now you threw me for a loop. Mm -hmm. So you started off by saying that each American owns about two acres of land. Then you shared with me and the the listeners that um, the government is managing these lands, but they're also monetizing these lands. So if they're monetizing the lands... Who's keeping that money? That goes into the federal treasury. Okay. okay. So picture, the federal reserve or federal treasury? Well, it, they're it's, two it, separate ones, right? Th- these are separate. Fe- I'm not sure. All I know is the federal government gets that money. Because it can't be the federal reserve. Federal reserve right, is, is a, a separate yeah. Yeah. entity yeah right. that has nothing to do with the government <laughs> right. so this is this is our, our federal government but okay. if they weren't collecting monies on this our deficit would be bigger we'd have to pay more taxes whatever it is okay so, you okay, know once again if if you take a pretty standard view that the federal government is 
a reflection of us and has responsibilities towards us, you know, and this is pretty unique to America, but you would not have a Yosemite National Park if we didn't have these federal lands. But you say that they're shrinking and they've been shrinking over time for the last three years. How is that possible if these lands are public and they belong to the American people? So the federal government manages these lands on our behalf. And every administration uh, takes a different tact with those lands. So uh, the Republican administrations tend to be a little more aggressive in leasing these lands for generating revenues. Um, And this is most recently, uh, a lot of our public lands actually started with Republican President Theodore Roosevelt, who signed an important law called the Antiquities Act, Mm -hmm. which basically allowed, it it was a law that Congress gave a president power to protect lands because of their historic or scientific value uh, to protect, say, like Native American ruins in Mesa Verde. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you go and read up, this is basically how a national monument is usually created through the Antiquities Act. And all it takes is a presidential proclamation. Okay, so so you are saying, what exactly did this administration do that's not managing the lands as the last administration was doing so? Okay, so Bears Ears National Monument is the perfect example of that. Um, President Obama used a presidential proclamation to set aside uh, about one point about 1.2 million acres in southeastern Utah as a protected land. And the reason it was done was several fold. One, it has the greatest concentration of cultural sites in America on these 1.2 million acres dating back thousands of years. I call it America's Jerusalem. It's a beautiful place. And there are five tribes that can trace their ancestry back to this area. And in the uh, early, around 2012, I believe, there was a raid in the small towns outside this area where 40,000 Native American relics had been basically illegally taken off these lands and collected. So the and what what 40,000 40, 40, yes. pieces right and they were collected and taken where people were just putting them in their houses or selling them to collectors so but who took them I don't, I'm so confused these are basic like, these are basically grave robbers for lack of a better term criminals um and wow. those 40,000 it was only 40 people and and do the Native American groups that were there, do they recognize these individuals or can they point to them? I'm, 
I'm I'm really concerned. This well, is, this is well, ludicrous. They they were arrested in an in an FBI operation. I think it was called Operation Cerebus. And you can go read about that. There's a great, it's called The Greatest Theft of uh, Native American Antiquities. And it was in Smithsonian around that time um, wow. and stuff. So, but basically when this happened, there was a newfound effort because there have been efforts to protect this land for, for at least 80 years. And this is modern times. Um you know, obviously the Native Americans had lived on this land for, you know, centuries. Well, they lived in the, on the lands because this was their land. Right, right. <laughs> we came here <laughs> and took their land. Let's be real about it. A hundred percent. So, yeah. But um, so in modern times, there have been efforts prior to the most recent efforts but what was really neat is there was an organization formed called Utah Dene Bikea, which ended up representing the five tribes with the cultural ties to this area. Uh-huh. And they worked with the local politicians uh, in Utah jointly to come up with a plan to protect this area. And President Obama took an interest in it and watched from afar stayed in touch with everybody and the bottom line was that congressman rob bishop of utah who is a kind of the bad guy in this story uh, in your documentary well or no just the bad guy in general the story i'm <laughs> no, the story i'm telling you right now uh-huh. uh he he they were not uh negotiating seriously with the Native Americans and right prior to Obama leaving office realizing that all of Congressman Bishop's deadlines had passed without action and one of the things that I was told by Congressman Grijalva is that presidents use the Antiquities Act when Congress fails to act. So Mm, there mm -hmm. was about a five six year negotiation period where the Utah delegation was not negotiating in good faith. And as a result, President Obama declared this a national monument shortly before he left office. Okay. Now, some people will tell you that's what's considered a federal land grab, which is really uh, very funny in the context of Bears Ears. A, because it's hard to grab something you already own. These were already federal lands. Mm -hmm. And secondarily, in the context of land that has been stolen from the Native Americans, and here's some land that we want to protect to preserve their culture, their heritage, their, their documentation. And this is true of all cultures. So I'm Jewish, and uh, at our, it was recently Passover, and... Uh, Mm -hmm. The house that we go to has a theme every year about Passover. And two years ago, that theme was about the archaeological history of Jewish people, where we could go back and look at uh, Dead Sea Scrolls or writing. And the homes that were passed over, because that's what Passover and most people don't know that. Yeah, right. the homes that were all right. But I'm saying we could go look at the archaeological evidence of our culture and that strengthens our culture 
We've been here mm-hmm. for thousands of years. So here we are. People are robbing this culture on lands that were already stolen. And President Obama did something beautiful because one of the coolest things about his proclamation is he allowed the tribes to select their own advisory uh, advisory representatives on the management uh, plan committee. So it wasn't, oh, we get to pick the people we want to manage this land. It was going to be a cooperative effort. Um, so, okay. So, really so then how, so how did this current administration, um, you know, screw that up? I, 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 can you go over that? Sure. Like, how did they not the, comply with the last administration? So the Utah representatives were very upset that President Obama made this monument. They are very against it. Uh, their culture basically sees land as something to be developed. This is straight out of the mouth of Brigham Young um, and uh, used in a way to make more children. And it's, it's 180 degrees from how Native Americans would look at land, which is land and the animals on it and the plants are part of a completely connective tissue with life they they they, they've all have to learn how to react together right so they're living with the land you're actually living with gaia mother earth right you're giving back to the land you're taking from the land it's a symbiotic relationship is what i'm hearing you say is that correct it's a it's that was a good word to describe it and as i've been to tribal gatherings i'll see like a guy who does uh dyeing of fabrics and he won't pick all the plants he needs to create the dye he'll leave some so that that plant can drop seeds and create more plants for the future and then regenerate right Uh generation and Uh then when when he's done using the plants for the dye he'll take them to an area and bless them and return them to the earth uh, as a thank you for the earth giving those plants to to him so mm-hmm. it's, it's a mm-hmm. very symbiotic relationship it's, it's a good one yeah and i mean it's pretty much the way that we're supposed to be living off the earth everyone on the earth is supposed to be living in that way with absolute respect for mother earth but that's not what's happening with all the packaging and you know everything i mean the way that we live the way that we you know we cut off trees and then plant new ones sparsely throughout big cities you know we're not we're not we're disconnected we're absolutely disconnected and that's why the earth is is going through what she's going through right now and we're suffering because of it and we forget that we're absolutely connected to the earth. The earth provides our air. The earth provides our water. The earth provides our food. Hello? <laughs> like, you know, how could we forget that? Are we that far removed? Well, I think as a society, particularly a Western capitalistic society, we are, as a society, removed. Um, you know, and, it, and that has this connection has grown in the age of the internet 
Um, so it's amazing. I think now that we're all sequestered in our homes, we're uh, maybe even more disconnected from the earth as a society. Now, every day, and I recommend this to all your listeners, uh, find a, a, a park in your neighborhood. We have some great ones here in Cleveland where I'm from. And I go for a five to eight mile walk uh, every day. Spring is a great time to be out. Um, I've already seen the great salamander migration. The morel mushrooms are popping up. A lot of the fish are spawning, so I go fishing a lot. Um, mm. You know, uh, you, you don't have to live in your cell phone or your computer screen. Uh, wilderness can be your friend. If they have that available. <laughs> well, I, I think I was in New York City meeting up with the uh, executive director of Save the Yellowstone Grizzly a year ago, February. And New York City is my least favorite place on earth because it's much too crowded for somebody who enjoys wilderness as much as I do. Well, not anymore. Oh, <laughs> um, right. But I... <laughs> I had to throw that in there, Googie. I had to throw that in there, you know? <laughs> exactly. But I did. I found a place in Central Park called the Ramble, which is actually mm -hmm. unde undeveloped land within Central Park. Uh -huh. And uh, hung out there the whole time as much as I could. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. Nice. You, can, you can find your own little piece of paradise wherever you're living. Just make the effort. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even amidst these challenging times is what I'm hearing you yeah. say. Yeah. Now, now, I do want everyone to know that uh, heading out to your public lands right now or your metro parks or your state parks, it is very important to continue your social distancing and your best practices. Well, to follow the laws, right? I mean, to follow whatever is being said or spoon fed or handed to us or whatever way that we're ingesting this information, but currently we're not allowed to uh, go to, um, you know, the different lakes that are available um, and different um, specific parks where we're not allowed to, to um, gather in either, or even go for walks. You can get a thousand dollar fine. Right. Um, and that's based on, on your municipality. Um, here, in Ohio, here in Ohio, we have uh, our, our governor who was really as aggressive as any governor. He shut the schools down, the bars and restaurants down faster than just about anybody. Um, he recognizes the value of the outdoors and has tried to leave as much of it as possible open to all of us here. Um He's not letting out-of-state fishermen come in because we have a world-class walleye fishery on Lake Erie that can get pretty shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder this time of year, so he shut that down. Um, now, I also want to let people know that a lot of the national parks have been shut down, so the Grand Canyon is closed right now. Absolutely. And I yep. want to stress, because, you know, even in my mind as a, as a wildernessy type human being, Oh, man, if I could just get my butt down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon now, I won't catch anything. You know, I'll fish for trout and bring a lot of food with me, and I'll, I'll pop out of the canyon a couple months from now when things are back to normal. 
Well, that's a great and beautiful dream, but obviously we can't do that right now because that's not permissible by law. Well, but- so I just want to circle back, though, um, to what you were originally saying about this specific um, presidency, What? because I'm still not understanding right. what what they're doing. So, so if you could go back to that real so, quick, just so that our listeners can understand what's going sure. on. So we have a new national monument and almost immediately the Utah delegation started imploring the Trump administration to undo these monument designations or to shrink the size of these national monuments. And there was a survey done by the Department of the Interior And this is where I got the name for my movie, Common Ground in America. Almost 3 million Americans commented on that survey. 99.2% favored leaving these monuments untouched and at their current size. In spite of that, and many, many other reasons, including economic, Mm-hmm. Uh, on December 4th of 2017, President Trump issued a proclamation shrinking Bears Ears National Monument from 1.2 million acres to 250,000 acres in Grand Staircase. Wait, 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 wait. I'm waiting. <laughs> Hold on a second. 1.2 million acres down to 250,000? Correct. And this happened in 2017. Mm-hmm. And so what is happening with the land right now? The the, the ones that were taken. All right. What's going on with that land? All right. So first off, I'm going to just slowly ease into that, okay? Um, well. <laughs> no, no, it'll just take a minute. So anyhow, I, okay. I want you to understand <laughs> okay. that every uh-huh. historical, legal review that I've been able to read regarding the Antiquities Act says that a president has the power to create national monuments, but not the power to undo national monuments. Okay, that's really important for us to know. Thank you. Okay, so this all immediately was challenged by several environmental and tribal groups. So I want you to know that this isn't court But in the interim, and this is the answer to your question, they have created new management plans, both for the the newly sized national monuments and the lands that are outside of those national monuments. Um, And I'm just going to focus for a moment on Bears Ears. For starters, not a single Native American was on the management uh, man management plan creation wow wow that's outrageous that just doesn't make any sense this management plan created management plan creation team is staffed with people who hate national monuments okay so that's that's number i mean why would you make such a blanketed statement like that because that's what happened how do you know that they, they, I mean, did you have a conversation with them? I'm just trying to see if they're in your movie and, and they hate. These, these are people who historically were had expressed their disapproval of the monument. Okay, okay. so that's how I know that. Okay. Um, 
in Bears Ears, they are trying their hardest to crank up uranium mining, which in and of itself is disgusting because the interesting the uranium uranium and the hmm. uranium legacy on the Navajo reservation in particular, which is where a lot of our uranium came from. The legacy is a history of cancer, birth defects, people dying early, poisoned water supplies, poisoned food supplies, and a multitude, hundreds of abandoned uranium mines, which are still seeping poison onto the reservation. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is horrible. So they went in, they mined, they did exactly what they wanted, and then they left it and left it like a garbage pit is what it sounds like. They didn't clean up after themselves. They just did whatever they wanted because, quote, unquote, now it's their land. Right. And and the original owners of the mines... You know, a lot of these are companies that get bought and sold, so nobody wanted to take responsibility. The EPA is making efforts to clean these areas, um, but it's it's a very ongoing thing. And once again, just heartbreaking what it has done to the Navajo Reservation. Well, it also takes a lot of time to clean up that kind of garbage, right? And where do you put it? I mean, if it's seeping through the land, it's seeping through the water, it's seeping into um, food, and then it's causing cancer, it's causing all sorts of birth defects. This This is a pretty severe problem, and it's happening in our country right now. Yes, but like many problems on the reservation, for the most part, your everyday American will never hear of them. Just as what we've been discussing today is not front page news, even on, you know, days when it was pretty big news. Wow. And why do you think that is? Oh, I think, you know, your everyday American is more concerned with what's either happening uh with the economy, what's happening locally. A lot of people are very upset with Donald Trump or love Donald Trump, one or the other. They just kind of focus on their own day to day. So so how they're being personally affected at that moment, as opposed to how it's affecting the populace at large within their own country. Absolutely. So it's, it's kind of looking out for your neighbors. And I will tell you that my general view of the Native American communities that I've had interaction with is we have so much to learn from them, particularly in this era of climate change. Indigenous knowledge can be a a really beautiful way to solve a lot of the issues coming up with climate change. When, When you talked about living with the land, these are communities that still live with the land and have a, a lot to contribute to our society if we embrace them and their point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's been a big learning thing for me and a really beautiful one. I, can I also mention real quickly that COVID-19 and coronavirus has the highest uh, per capita death rate right now on a lot of our tribal lands, including the Navajo Reservation. And uh, if anybody is concerned about that, uh, I just did a fundraising concert 
for the what's called the Navajo Hopi COVID-19 relief fund that's on GoFundMe Um, that's a very worthy cause right now and who's keeping all the finances from that fundraiser that's going straight to supplies and medicine mostly for elderly Navajo who uh, on the reservation there's 50% unemployment because to get a job a lot of people have to leave the reservation it's a food desert. There's, uh, I think it was 13 grocery stores for 300,000 people. Uh, wow. And a lot of people are the elderly bringing up the grandchildren while the middle generation is off working. So, and, and a third of them don't have running water or electricity. So uh, it's a very vulnerable population. And like I say, I've done some work to support this fund in it's not hard to find. That's wonderful, Googie. Thank you so much. So I want to add something that's really, really important here is that, you know, everything that you were mentioning, of course, is, is it, it impacts all of us. And before you know it, we just won't have any more land and the Native Americans won't have anywhere to live and they'll have to live amongst us, which is not what they, that they're choosing if, if, if I understand it correctly. But also... Um, that was the old world and now we're stepping into a new world because we're in flux right now and we don't know what we're stepping into. We don't know what's going to happen. None of us know. I mean, the government knows the governments of the world, I should say no. Um, but it sounds like it's something that we must bring to this new paradigm. We need to somehow, some way, um, make sure that the government knows about this so that that could be transformed forever you know because if something goes into law i'm not sure why it's easily changeable and mutable from presidency to presidency that just absolutely makes no sense if there was some land that was allocated specifically to a people's the land should be allocated specifically to a people's and that's it that's final there's no discussing that and that's not what's happening. So what are some of your suggestions in regards to what our listeners can do? All right. So you're correct in saying this varies from administration to administration. Um, if you are a lover of public lands, which most Americans are, it is imperative that the current administration gets removed from office. Now, I'm in contact... Well, okay, wait a second. That that okay, hold on mm-hmm. a second. Okay, that's not what this conversation is, nor that's the question that I had. So this is not a political show and I respect you and love you so much, Googie, but I'm asking a very specific question and, and I'm hoping that it's not turning into this political conversation. Because okay. that's not what I that's not okay. what this is about. So once again, I don't want to make this political either. All right. Right. So we can't deem whether, you know, in the midst of what's going on, we're still not at the other end. So we don't know. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, both administrations, from my perspective, are just doing some damage to this country. OK, let's be real. And it's not acceptable in any way, shape or form for what's happening right now to our economy. Um you know, I could go on and on. And like I said, this is this is not what this is about. 
and I'd rather refrain um, with all due respect. Um, I'd rather refrain from saying who belongs in office and who, sh- who, who okay. doesn't. Yay. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I was sharing with you was how do we fix this problem? Because as it stands now, you know, there are, there's a, a big piece of land missing. It's huge, huge, ginormous. So what kind of things can we do to help facilitate this from not happening, from not moving forward in regards to the land being taken away? Okay, so there's, there's several actions that will allow people to stay abreast of what's going on. So there's two websites I want to steer everybody to. One is the Grand Staircase Escalante Partners. It's grandstaircaseescalantepartners.org. You can go find them. They're consistently updating people on the status of the lands in the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. And Utah, Dine, D-I-N-E, Bikea, B-I-K-E-Y-A-H, org. They are constantly keeping people abreast of the situations on the ground. It bears ears national monument. So and can we sign a petition to um, bring this to awareness? Um, perhaps the administration, obviously there's some people who know what they're doing, but um, they have to, those people have to know that, you know, there many people will be affected by this. Well, as I said earlier, three million Americans signed, basically sent letters to the Department of the Interior. Um, and it's well beyond that stage. These management plans are already being implemented. They're building new roads in Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument as we speak. Um, I oh, my goodness. On the 13th, they are... They anything 10,000 acres or under, they're allowed to take a chain between two bulldozers and roll over the forest there in Grand Staircase. In Bears Ears National Monument, the new recreation plans include off-road vehicles pretty much all over the lands, which just makes it easier for those grave, ro- grave robbers to steal more cultural artifacts. Um, There is our efforts to uh, basically do corporate welfare for the uranium industry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, So there's a ton going on. But once again, those two websites, another website that's great, that always has action alerts to sign petitions or send letters, is the Grand Canyon Trust. They are absolutely amazing. Uh, That's grandcanyontrust.org. they are on the forefront of the uranium battle right now. Um, yeah, people need to be active. They need to be talking to their congressmen and their senators. Uh, there's a to protect the Grand Canyon from uranium. There's a bill in the Senate right now called the Grand Canyon Protection Act. It already passed Congress. If you want to call your senators on that, mm-hmm. that would be really amazing. So there is tons to do, but I would say that if you're being represented by a politician who does not respect our public lands, does not respect our environment. Um, you does not respect our people, does not respect our rights, our American rights. 
you know, because these, that's what it sounds like to me. Like rights are being stripped away from the American public. That's what it sounds like. Well, another great example is down at our border. They're building a border wall right now. Two mm-hmm. months ago, two months ago, they dynamited Native American grave sites along that Mexico-U.S. border because there's a law called the Real ID Act that allows you to waive laws to prevent terrorism. I do not think these Native Americans on the borders were the people who did 9-11. No. I do not think, <laughs> right. do not think the bulldozed organ pipe <sighs> cactus that are being bulldozed in Organ Pipe National Monument along the border are, are uh, terrorists. Some people use these laws in ways, you know, they're not protecting us. They're just destroying stuff. And it's pretty sick. And like I say, there's, these aren't on the front page of your newspaper. But, you know, if you, if, you, if you take the time to join some environmental websites, you'll learn about these things. And once again, I would say hold your representatives accountable when they do not behave properly. Well, it's interesting, too, because um, what I'm hearing you say is quite dangerous. It's happening in our country, and Americans are being ostracized from their homes, um, and and Americans who absolutely went through hell um, just to get their reservation, to get their little piece of land when they they could roam around throughout the United States to begin with. And now their um, rights are being stripped. And next thing you know, we're going to have people coming into our homes. Because as it stands now, the government can come in and, and pretty much say, I want your house, I want your house, I want your house, I'm going to destroy this, and I'm going to do something else over here. And that's the truth. They can, they, they, the, the government can go into any land whether it's public or not, any home and do whatever they want. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks well, like, like we're heading we're, into. We are living in strange times, and I, I hope we all see the other side of this, and I hope we all come out with, with a greater respect for each other, a respect. America, to me, is an idea, an idea that we've never really nailed. I mean, right in the Declaration of Independence, it calls the Native Americans savages. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we all talk about this glorious Statue of Liberty where we come to, you know, seek the freedoms and all the beauty that represents America. But so many people's ancestors did not come seeking that freedom. They were carried on ships to be slaves. And trust me, we still haven't got that right. We haven't figured that out. The Um, only way to really figure that out is we must work together. And we have to take a break from doing whatever we were doing in the past in regards to going around the world. And, 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 you know, I'm going to leave it at that. But we have to come home and we have to heal America and all of the Americans first before we go back out. Right. Well, we have to strive for that more perfect union. I mean, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, these are really beautiful documents if we can ever reach the idea that 
this country represents and represents to the rest of the world. There, there was one other thing. Uh, if you want to keep up on environmental stuff, I almost forgot to mention that we do have a Facebook page for an organization we're starting here in Cleveland called Musicians Saving Our Home Planet. And a lot of what we discussed today gets posted on that Facebook page also. So if you're a Facebook person, sign up for that. The, that project's in its infancy, but it has already uh, raised money to protect national monuments, the rainforest, grizzly bears, and most recently uh, the Navajo, Co- Navajo Hopi COVID-19 relief fund. So even though it's just a bunch of musicians trying to use their music to in- elevate environmental causes, mm-hmm. uh, we've already made a really nice impact on the world and uh, we're really excited about that project. So that's also a good resource for everybody. That's excellent. And can musicians join that group as well and participate? Uh, as we grow, our hope is to have chapters all over the world. So yeah, join up now and we are creating an instruction manual on how to make all that happen. But it's really cool. Um, we've developed relationships, as you can probably tell from listening to me talk, uh, with some pretty cool environmentalists all over the country. And uh, if there's a fire, we try to help put it out. That's great. That's great. And so the goal is to have chapters all over the world. So pretty much right now at this infancy stage, anyone can join and then you can um, figure out what's going to happen later on. Correct? Well, I would say just reach out to us uh through Facebook messaging and we'll tell you what we're about and see if that's a good fit and something you're interested in. So uh, that's fabulous. And and your movie uh, and your movie again is under common grounds, common ground in America, in America dash documentary. That's the Facebook page. Yep. So if somebody wanted to view the movie, could they purchase um, viewing rights or are they st- are you streaming it or are you showing it how does that work so all that's in the process now i was hoping to show it at festivals and in theaters but due to coronavirus all that is shut down right now so yeah i'm so sorry about that it's all good so i'm looking at streaming as the next option and um one of the things that's very important to me is I did receive some cultural sensitivity training when I was at the tribal gatherings in Bears Ears, and I had interviewed a Native American elder who was one of the last people to actually live in Bears Ears and a Native American paleontologist, geologist. Wow. Um, And I want to make sure I do right by them. So I'm waiting for a little bit of feedback before I make it public and stuff like that. So, but I'm really looking forward to sharing that. Uh, beyond the small showing that I've already done. Excellent. And so let's say that you, you, is that going to be like in a month from now, six weeks, two months, what, what, what kind uh, of timeline so that we can visit page? Well, you can visit that page now, just keep an eye on it and, and I'll have an announcement out, but I'm hoping to have that all figured out within the next two weeks to a month. Excellent. Excellent. And are there any final words that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, just that if you are somebody who wants to re-embrace their connection to the earth, 
who uh, recognizes the da- the dangers of this climate crisis is what I call it, not climate change anymore. Um, as somebody who's out in wilderness a lot, I've seen some pretty major changes as a result of changing climate. Um, get off your butts, learn what you can, find some great news sources, and take action. It's it's uh, the only planet we've got. It's the you know it's our country. It's a beautiful place. These are your lands. Um, this is your air. This is your water. These are your neighbors. Uh, let's do the best we can, folks. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Googie. And yeah, we're living on borrowed time, everyone. So, you know, if we don't do something now, the time, the time is now. If we don't do it, the time just escapes and, and slips through our fingers. So please, please, just as you heard Googie share with you, it is imperative that you not only visit these websites, have conversations, but take action you must take action (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah wow well thanks again googie and again congratulations thank you so much for visiting and listening to this podcast i'm so grateful to you and as always united we stand Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, subscribe, and review. We will come at you with many more topics. And remember, united we stand.